0: Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, a skeptic's discovery of life after death. And today on the show we have two guests that came highly recommended from U.S. Navy Chief Petty Officer Tony Woody. Now you'll may remember tony's episode which was number 203 and he was sharing about his near-death experience the saint germain foundation his passion for helping veterans and said that i must 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 interview these two ladies together the first is diane corcoran rn phd and retired army colonel who has served as the ians president she is an internationally known lecturer and educator with over 30 years in near-death experience education and over 25 years military experience. Our second guest is Lilia, who's been a student of the light for over 40 years, has worked with Diane Corcoran, Tony Woody, and has her own unique spiritual journey to share. So Diane and Lilia, a warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you so much and thank Great. you for having us today. Oh, you're welcome. Yes, very yeah. happy to be here. Yeah, Tony got me very excited, didn't tell me too, too much, but he says, definitely have to ask how we all met, and, and I want to hear your stories individually, and and I know having a three-way conversation, it could happen that we step on each other's toes, so to speak, and talk over each other, but we'll just try to do the best we can, right? Yes, And mm. Yeah, so maybe, Diane, may I start with you and just a little bit about your background and how you came to believe We Don't Die. I think you have an incredible story to share, just what I've read about you, but in your own words.
1: Uh, My story really started a long time ago, a little more than 40, I think we're hitting 45 or something, Um, in Vietnam. Um, I was a pre-op and recovery nurse, and one night in the middle of the night, a young soldier called me over, and I was a very young nurse right out of nursing school just about, and this is 1969, so Raymond Moody or nobody's written anything about near-death experiences. He calls me over and said, I absolutely need to tell you something but you need to promise me you will believe me. And he was very emotional. He sort of had tears in his eyes. And I said, well, I promise. Tell me what's going on. And he he was in the recovery room. He'd already had an operation and was recovering. And he started to tell me about this experience he had when he was shot and the sense of feeling of lifting out of his body, uh, seeing some of the other souls, he said, um, that were hurt or killed, and um, hearing and seeing things while he was outside of his body. And he, he of course, was very confused because he didn't know what was happening. He was watching himself in this rice paddy, but he was up in the air and seeing and hearing and, and having all these other things happen to him. And so um, I had no idea at the time what was happening to him. And, um, but I did uh, support him and tell him I thought it was an extraordinary experience and that he should look at that as a gift. And um, unfortunately, I never saw him again, which I really wish I had kept some contact information. But what it did for me was really tell me how important it was for doctors and nurses to be able to support patients who had stories like this. Right. And very soon after that, in the mid-70s, Raymond Moody wrote his book, Life After Life, and, of course, then I identified that this is what happened to him. It was pretty much the same. And so from that time on, it's become a lifelong journey to help veterans and all people, but I began, began teaching it to doctors, nurses, any kind of medical people. And over the last 10 years, I've really become focused on veterans because they really are getting no care about this and no one to listen to them. And so it's really sad given that they're already having so many
0: problems. Wow. Yeah. I think Tony was saying when I spoke with him, people just don't know about this and Feel often feel very alone and very different, and uh, while some people can come out the other side being inspired and turn their life around, it can have an, an opposite effect on, on others not knowing how to deal with it. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I think Lilia can speak to that because we both know how many veterans have been compromised just by not having somebody to talk to.
0: Wow. Lilia, would you share a little bit about your past and who you are and, um, uh, yeah, how you got involved in this beautiful journey you're on? Sure.
2: sure. Um, my career is, uh, has been focused on, I'm a counselor, and um, I work with individuals, groups, and families, uh, anywhere from grief issues all the way to the near-death experience and uh, over 35 years experience. Wow. Um, Also, I've studied the books of the St. Germain um, series, um, where I found all my answers uh, to life, uh, and they happen to answer um, many, if not all, the questions that experiencers uh, of near-death or spiritually transcendent experiencers, uh, they would answer their questions. And it's just interesting because I think it's actually uh, part of my destiny that I got hooked up with Diane, who um, I happened to come into contact by looking at some YouTubes. I was doing research on near-death experience over a four-month period to help um, the people I work with. And I came across Diane, and she was so passionate on issues of helping veterans, and I have a great love for veterans. Um, And I called her up, and I asked her, how can I help? And shortly after that, I... Uh, and continue my research I came across Tony Woody's um, uh, interview he did um, on his near-death experience and it was the last near-death experience I was going to watch it was the last one and he started talking about he's just being a boy talking about his planes and talking about this stuff and being a girl I wasn't that interested in listening to it so I almost walked away and I Mm -hmm. got up to turn my computer off and Um, I was told, sit down. I actually was told, sit down and listen. That happened twice because I was being a little bit obstinate. I was bored, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I sat down, and when I heard him say, "Um, I am still looking for the truth, and after a 30-year search, I have not found it. Something happened in me, and I just knew I had to contact him, and um, now we're friends for a few years. He is the poster boy. For what we're going to discuss is the gap of care. What happened to Tony? Because he was never validated or given education or support uh, regarding his spiritually transcended experiences and near death experiences. And I just put Tony together with um, Diane and IANS, and it's been magic.
0: Yeah. D- can you mention what IANS is? I you know I briefly brought it up at the beginning. Sure. But what it sure. is. IANS
1: is the International Association for Near-Death Studies, and we are a not-for-profit organization that um, supports experiencers. We do education. We have a conference every year, and we do educational programs for people, and we disseminate research and support some research projects. We have Member, most of our members are either providers or experiencers, and um, we have a newsletter and a professional journal that goes out. But a lot of magic happens on our yearly conference when we have people, and about a third of the people that come have never been to a conference. Are there to hear about what is a near death experience and what they've been searching for somebody that believes them. And it is really like coming home for them because they're not having to explain anything. We believe it, we know it, we know a lot about it. And we provide different lectures on after effects, on guidelines for treatment, on people who have. Uh, special gifts, we have therapists, we have all kinds of people there for support, because near-death experiencers typically don't need therapy. They need recognition of their experience, they need support, they need validation, right. and that's what they're not getting. Um, and unfortunately, uh, the VA has totally missed the boat on that aspect of it because there aren't a lot of providers there that really know a lot about NDEs. And we in Ians, and me particularly, and uh, Lilia and Tony, are trying to provide an educational program for military hospitals and VA hospitals and veterans so they will not feel isolated anymore and they will have providers. That know enough about near death experiences that they could support
0: them. Oh, I think it's such important work. I've interviewed quite a few people who've had near death experiences, and while they've all turned their life around and are making a difference for other people and you know, have these great stories, almost every single one of them hit like a a depression, uh, borderline suicidal with some, um, because. They, you know, they didn't know what this was. They walked back into their body and in their life and to go from this feeling of unconditional love and euphoria and feeling connected with God, the universe, and then being back in their own skin and maybe not understanding it. Uh, I, like, I never expected to hear that, you know, I, I guess I always assumed in the past that it's just this great experience and, um, you know, your body might hurt, but you know, great connection with God, so to so to speak. So, uh, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit more about um, the difference that this makes, and what maybe what some of the people feel uh, that how your work is making a difference. I think sure. you know the mm-hmm. you, know, you know what I'm trying to say, and and I want you to just really yeah, share your certainly. passion because we've got quite a quite a few listeners, uh, and um, and we can all lend a hand. Well, and I think share.
1: I think it makes a huge difference. All people, you know, have a period of time to go through a transition to figure out what happened to me. There are lifelong after effects that near-death experiencers have. And the military particularly has issues because these young men and women are in an environment that's very structured. It's not is open as we would like to have it. Um, their security clearance could be compromised. They think that their benefits might be compromised, and they don't believe that they want to share that experience. It's a very personal experience with just anybody. Right. And so, and unfortunately, many have been to the VA tried to share it and have either been told that they're bipolar and they put them on medication or that, you know, they're psychotic or there's, you know, it's the same as PTSD and none of those things are true. And unfortunately that only compromises them more to be put on medication because these are people that are changed forever. This is a family disease. It's not just the experiencer, because when they come home from war, and we know now with some research that 48% of combat vets have near-death experiences wow. during their, that is a lot of people. I had no idea and, that high. Yeah, this is just very recent that someone has done this work, and You know, they come home with a wife and family that expects them to be exactly the same. Sure. And they're not. They're very, very different. Their values change. They don't like violence. They don't like bright lights. They don't like loud noises. They're not going to want to watch fight matches on TV anymore. They're going to be really attuned to nature. And, I mean, it just goes on and on, less materialistic. Well... If you're somebody who's lived with a wife and and three cars and two houses and all of those things and that was your life, that's not going to work for experiencers a lot of times anymore. They want to go to the beach and write poetry and study mm-hmm. about spirituality and so, I mean... It's a very very significant change that is lifelong and it can you can walk through it there are ways to go through it, but it's going to take some time and some people to just support you through that
2: journey. so I'd like to say something sure. um, this is Lilia um, there's mixed symptoms. Um, when a vet's in the hospital, I mean, it's observable when they lose their leg or something happens to their vision, but oftentimes they come back with a, with a traumatic brain injury and they have symptoms of T, uh, TSD and the um, NDEs are not recognizable. They all mix together because a lot of the symptoms of brain injury can also be some of the symptoms of the after effects of an NDE. And without, you know, doctors uh, make diagnoses based on what they see and observe and the self-report of the patient. Um, And so if the doctors are not trained in nurses to understand the after effects or notice the signs of NDE or SDEs happening to these combat vets, they don't know how to, uh, they don't look for them. They just assume that they are part of a medical condition. And if it's psychological, they think it's a break with reality or lack of oxygen or whatever when in fact they're after effects of the NDE. And, um, and they're reluctant to give a self-report in the first place because it's religious or spiritual, or they're confused about it. So it's very important that, like uh, Diane has set up the INS educational packets um, and these uh, using the educational video that Roberta Moore just produced for INS as as part of an education the medical staff, the psych department, the chaplains, the nurses, so they can understand the after effects and what it looks like when a patient has an NDE. So they can understand how to filter out what symptoms are related to an actual medical condition and what might be part of a uh, uh, transformative experience. And I think that's really important to do that. And that's where the gap of care comes from. They're not being validated. Go ahead. Yeah, I, that
1: is very very true, and uh, she said that uh, very well. And to add on to that, the other part of this that is said is um, as Lily was talking about um, brain injury. Uh, people have TBIs and have brain injuries. Many times, do not remember the accident. I have. Someone I know, they had both lost both their legs in um, a Humvee accident in Iraq. And they don't remember anything about their experience, but they have all the after effects. So they didn't even know where to begin when they came home because, you know, everybody to include themselves just thought they were... Strange, You know, they all of a sudden are less materialistic. They want a different job. They're very altruistic. You know, they're looking at spirituality and studying things they never cared about. And so it, and it becomes um, really difficult for people, especially if they don't remember the NDE. So that's another whole group that's even more compromised than those people who do remember it because they have all the after effects um, but they don't remember the actual experience and many times working with people, I have to work them back from the after effects to say, did you have an illness, an accident, um, you know, any kind of combat situation at this point? before you started having these after effects And they'll say, oh yeah, well I was blown up or shot or something and then I felt different after that. So that's another aspect that's so important to identify and that's above and beyond kind of um, basic stuff that of course we in INS and we have a lot of providers in INS, we talk about this all the time, I have people who call me individually, veterans, to talk about it. And we're good with that, but we have got to find a way to educate veterans in larger groups and give them the packets, the skills um, that we're putting together to educate providers because they simply don't know what to do. They may know what it is. Nurses typically know what an NDE is, because it's on television everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everybody in the world had one now. And, um, (laughs) uh, you know, they put them on shows, but they really don't know exactly what to do. And doctors now are coming around. So you have several physicians out there who have had experiences and are starting to talk about them.
0: Oh, it's so important to spread the word, because when people find out, then there's power. You know, it's like any kind of education and I'm I'm really passionate myself about sharing about grief and what happens and, you know, nobody teaches you that and then all of a sudden you lose a loved one and you're devastated and there's a high rate of suicide upon grievers and I just thought gosh, if people had this information so it's the same thing with letting people know ahead of time about near-death experiences and, and how to cope right?
2: Yes, and I like yeah, I, I to say some. Oh, forgive me. Go ahead. Sure. I, I just wanted to Go say ahead, something. Buddy. This is Aaliyah. Um, I think that the um, people, I think that the NDE is is really not a medical condition. It, the NDE is not a medical condition, but it's treat the symptoms, the acryfix, mm-hmm. um by self-report. Uh, they think it's a psychotic break or whatever. And it's, it's not. It's just a transformative event that happens. And it's not a medical condition, but it gets treated like a medical uh, condition. And it exacerbates uh, symptoms of PTSD because um, it's seen as a medical condition. They just need someone there to listen without judgment, who will um, listen to their concerns. And they're needing validation. They need uh, support and education. And it needs to roll all the way out at the bedside by the nurses, by the doctors, by a chaplain, and actually reaching out to the family as well because these after effects impact the vet's behavior when they go home um, and it can impact the family tremendously. And um, Roberta Moore showed that. There's a woman named Elma on that uh, documentary and she explains the horrific after effects that rolled out into her family and even to her children. Uh, and Diane can speak a little bit about that, but this gap of care is 100% preventable at bedside if they, uh, if the doctors and the nurses are recognizing and chaplain services that this is a trans, uh, transformational event and it can be handled and it doesn't take out, you know, days and years to uh, take care of this. It's just simply validation and education and support. It should start at the bedside, um, And then, you know, educate the family as well to know what to look for. And they're working together to help the vet deal with his life changes, not just the amputations and the blindness, but the changes. They come back feeling a sense of loss. They just miss the best love they've ever experienced Mm -hmm. in their life. And when they come back, and I know all about this one, I've experienced it many times myself. It's very hard to come back and be part of a, we want to say a different reality or a different experience. It's so transformative, so transcendent. um, And you just wanna be there. You've experienced it. And other people who were around you who did not experience that, don't understand it. You don't really have someone to relate to. And they experience grief and loss along with depression and other symptoms. And it does roll out to the family. So educating um, right away at the bedside to the vet and their families, it's just going to combat a lot of the complications that come out of not giving them validation. That's the gap
0: of care. That so interrupt our three way. I wish we were sitting on a couch so we could see each other. <laughs> um, Lilia, okay. could you share with us your uh, near death experience you've you've had? Um, if you wouldn't mind, it, it, I always find them very interesting, and sure. insightful, as we all do your personal experiences. And that's probably why you're so passionate about helping as well, I'm guessing. And,
2: and I can easily recognize the passion of others such as Diane and Tony and mm-hmm. people like you. Um, I have to work backwards. So okay. um, what I have to just say is after I, the, uh, I belong with the INS membership and they sent a monthly email giving uh, descriptions of people's STEs and NDEs. What's and STE in February this year, stand for? Uh, It's a spiritually transcended experience. Okay, okay. Thanks. Um, So um, I was reading IN's monthly February 2017 um, report. And when I read it, something happened to me. I was sitting there and I was filled with such light and love, an avalanche of unconditional love. It poured through me. And all I could do was just sit quietly and Except, and as that was happening to me, I was reconnecting with my source, the thing that I was actually been studying for forty years, it was so complete, so overwhelming, so uh, indelible. It awakened uh, to me, it awakened in me um, an event that happened to me when I was three years old, which was um, my we were at a cemetery, and we were playing, and I was trying to catch a squirrel in the box. And my brother grabbed the box. Um, I started to fall. And all of a sudden, I was outside of my body watching this person falling towards a tombstone. But before her head hit the tombstone, and I have to say it like that, because I wasn't her and Mm -hmm. she wasn't me, Um, I was skirted away. Um, And I went to a place where I recognized it was not part of this world. I don't remember a lot of the details, but it was very much had to do with uh, the um, the I Am Instruction with the Saint-Germain series books that I was told I would find, and that was part of my destiny. Um, after that experience, I was told uh, now is the time. It was like a signal exploded in my heart that this was the time to tell everybody about the I Am Instruction because it would give the answers uh, to the questions that experiencers have um, about what is the meaning of life, why did I have this experience where do I come from? Who is God? Why did I have this experience in the light? And it came to me immediately to call Diane. And when I talked to her, she said, "Lilia, you had uh, an STE with a spontaneous near-death recall. Write down your story and tell me about the St. Germain series so we can add it to the IONS reading list. And so um, I've done that. Um, but I recognized at that time that I came in and I never believed in death, even as a small child. I never believed in death. Um, and, um, my life experience has been counseling people, um, uh, coming from a point of inspiration and, um, education and leading by example. And just when I found these books, I'm telling you, it was a sense of communion. I have never felt in my life and I've been with it ever since. And I just want to let everybody know you're going to find your answers there and how important it is the work that Diane's doing. I recognized her passion. And she's doing an awesome job, and she's a pioneer in this field, and IANS is doing an awesome job. And I wish that her educational packets and the videos that she has created go into public schools, into medical schools, the psych, uh, wards, the psychological services, um, into the VA hospitals. They should go everywhere. It's an uncomplicated process. They've made it very easy. This is something that uh, they could be taught very easily, and it would solve so many problems. Sony Woody is the poster child <laughs> for what happens to a vet right. when there's a gap of care. And that man had, when the minister turned away from him after his near death experience, it devastated him. Yes. And he went 30 years looking and this is what happens to these vets every day. Diane um, could tell you a little bit how this might impact suicide
0: yes. among the vets. I would love to hear
2: that. If Diane would like to talk about that.
1: Sure. Um, I, and I think, uh, I have used my knowledge of the NDE actually in grief counseling as well uh, because so many people are so afraid to die because they don't know what's out there. And near-death experiencers know what's out there. They've been there. They know they're going back there, but they know it is powers above them that will decide when that time is. And I know we're looking at the suicide rate of veterans. I just talked to somebody today about that who had some current statistics. It's going up. It used to be 22 soldiers or service members a day. It's now up to 24. Wow. And I know and I just feel in my heart that if we could had early intervention with just support and knowledge and resources for veterans or all service members who have traumatic injuries and diseases, um, that we could make a difference with that because I think it just pushes them over. They've had a couple of suicides where the uh, soldiers killed themselves in the VA parking lot. Wow. If that's not a message, I'm not sure what is. And I know that the VA is trying. They've got all these problems um, with trying to, uh, you know, have access to care and all the things they're trying. But we have a solution that's simple. It's very simple. I mean, you know, we have a videotape. I have a lecture series. We could train providers. We could train veterans and just sit down with a group of 300 veterans. And I have sat down with lectured nurses one time, 2,000 nurses, about what is an NDE. And by the time I finished, I always ask how many people in the audience are near-death experiencers, and I can guarantee you in any audience, at least 10% are. Wow. So, but a lot of times they don't even recognize it, and I'll get through with these are the characteristics, these are the after effects, this is what it looks like, and then they come up after the talk and say, oh, I had that happen, I didn't know what that was, now what do I do? And, of course, we think IANS is the source for all information in our conferences and our programs because we're just there. Well, any money we get, we provide and go right back out to the experiencer, like we did with the videotape. It took forever for me to raise money to make this videotape, but the veterans now feel represented. And hopefully now we'll be able to do some fundraising to take it to the VA, to take it to military hospitals and and veteran organizations so they can benefit from it and just know I'm okay, I'm not crazy. These things happen to everybody or a lot of people uh-huh. and um, when we hear statistics like 50% and I have several people that have called me after radio shows and and television and and say, this happened to me, and they'll tell me their story, and then what am I going to do? Because they don't want to talk to people. Military people literally are afraid to talk to people at the VA or the military, and they many times will call me individually because they know I am a, a disabled vet as well, hmm. and I'm a nurse, and I'm ex military, so I get it. You're safe. I get it, and their their voice and their journey is so important. And we could change. I I know this is true. We could change the suicide rate if we could get enough knowledge and enough people there to support near death experiencers. In their hospital settings or clinic settings or wherever they happen to
0: be. Oh, what a great thing. And even though we are Americans having this conversation, this is a global thing. There are people around the world, and I'm sure in other military organizations and other countries, um, you know, everybody has it, this inner battle. And you're traveling soon, aren't you, to England yes, to talk about this? I'm
1: going to. I'm going to London to give a paper on veterans, uh, because you're absolutely right. There are veterans everywhere. Um, and it's a conference called beyond the brain. And it's about, um, work, scientific work on, um, consciousness and near death experiences. And it's at Regents, um, university on the 28th and 29th of October in London and, uh, I hope we have invited any military folks. We tried to get, actually, Prince Harry to come because he's so involved with veterans. Yes. Um, so he would know what, how this is affecting so many people. And beyond soldiers and sailors and airmen, my other concern is about children. Many, many children have near-death experiences. They try to tell their parents one time, and their parents will say, now don't make things up like that, and that's it. They're not going to talk about it. Ever again, yeah. And they have, they are different children. They have absolutely different kinds of things going on with them that make their life um, very Uh, different for them and I had a nephew who at a very early age I identified and he was talking about light beings, about talking to God, about things he could do, the the, uh, things that looked on the other side. Fortunately, I was there to tell my sister-in-law and brother, listen to what he's saying. He knows what he's saying and you need to talk to him about these things. He'll be able to possibly see spirits and talk to spirits. It's okay. And, um, you know, and simple things. Uh, We're from upstate New York. They all play hockey. I said, you can't make him play hockey because he won't want to. It's too violent. It's too noisy. There's all these bright lights. And he's not going to like to do that. He's going to want to do something very different. So just practical things in guidance and parenting for kids, if parents knew, if guidance counselors knew, we could make big inroads, I think, to helping kids that are going to be a little different.
0: Oh, not only helping them, but, I mean, how fast they'd grow and, and just turn into remarkable Beings. You know, I don't know why it is that we experience so much fear as human beings and we, nobody wants anybody to think we're crazy. You know, even me, when I first came out with my book, I was petrified what people would think of me knowing that I'm into this life after death stuff. I mean, I was, I, I convinced myself of how crazy people would think I am. And just the opposite happened. More people than not had you know, their own share stories that they wanted to share. And now suddenly, because I shared mine, they could share theirs. So we're walking around this world with a whole bunch of people that I do think believe and that are willing to help others. But we have this fear that, you know, we're not going to open our mouths because people might think we're crazy. You know, and can't let our friends know that our kids are saying these things. And um, there's just so many dynamics there.
2: Well, Sandra, well, this is uh, Lillian here. I wanted to... Sorry. This is Lillian. Go I want ahead, to make Lillian. a point about... Um, I get just what you're talking about, Sandra, and because people look, try to find the answers within themselves. They're fearful about talking about it with other people. Mm-hmm. And m- the majority of people don't know how to answer those questions or don't even know about that phenomenon. So for my own life, I'm, I was very blessed because I came across the books, of the St. Janine series. I read them. I studied them. I got my answers there. That's where I found my answers. Um, Um, so you're lost. I was lost until I understood and they answered questions. Um, and I, real quickly, I just want to get back to, um, some of the grief that the, uh, that the veterans feel after you have an experience in the light and you have your life review. Some do, some don't. You come back, um, Imagine being a soldier and you've killed people, you've wounded them. Uh, You know, they feel trapped by their past actions. Yes, They have feelings of guilt and shame and remorse for the actions they took during war. Um, They start developing a, they develop a very deep conscience after they're being in the light and they're hurt. They're hurt that they made these past mistakes. They're lost. This is where the chaplain services are absolutely needed. Someone has to validate their experience and help them deal with the grief and the remorse that they're feeling. And anybody and anybody should understand that the near-death experience or a spiritually transcendent experience that happens to our combat vets is real to the vet. Whether the person listening to them believes it or not, that's not the issue. Mm-hmm. It's about the patient. It is an organic experience. It is them merely just going back to the source. We come from the light. We go back to the light, and they need those answers and validation without them. I mean, how do you help them mitigate the grief that they feel? Um, You know, that's just the point I wanted to make. I mean, they need, they need help um, dealing with the guilt and the remorse.
0: Oh, absolutely. They have a
2: very overdeveloped conscience.
0: Lilia, before we end this conversation, I do want to hear more about the St. Germain foundation because um, Tony spoke very highly of it as do you. And, it's great to have a belief in the afterlife, uh, and I think it's so important, though, how can we live our best lives and get who we are. And although I have not done anything except for go to Saint Saint org to look at the website, it really sounds from you that there's there's some answers there.
2: Yes. Um, they uh, The St. Germain Foundation has... Um, the sub organization called the St. Germain press and St. Germain had given them the right to uh, release the books, um, their universal cosmic laws. They govern everything and everybody. And they, um, these books are filled. The first two volumes um, uh, are about Mr. Bellard's personal experiences with St. Germain. And there's descriptions of his spiritually transcendent experiences um, and explanation of the laws of life. And then, Volume 3, of the I Am Discourses, which Wayne Dyer talked about incessantly after he found them, um, is more instruction of the I Am. It tells you who you are, where you came from, where you belong, how um, love and light and perfection plays a role in your life, that the light is real and it it's eternal. There's no such thing as uh, so-called death because of our connection to that source of all light and love. It's eternal and that the ascension is achievable. And um, there's your answers. So it's not just educating the vet to what he's going through, but giving him answers beyond what chaplains can offer or doctors or nurses. Hmm, Mm -hmm. I
1: just love that you're sharing that. It's so important because most experiencers are not afraid to die. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: After they've had this experience, they've been there, they've come back, they are not afraid to die. They're not in any big hurry because they now understand that it's not their choice because many are sent back and some have tried to um, stay wherever they were and all of a sudden they end up in their broken body again. And uh, so it's a very useful tool in helping people with grief and helping people who are afraid to die in helping people who have lost children, because it's very hard to understand. And uh, Lily has brought out many of those points that how we could use this. And I just this weekend spent some time with a friend and an author, Nancy Bush, and said, you know, it's time to write a book about what do we do now. What do we do to help people, you know, walk that journey through their after effects? And she's written a couple of books, and I'm sure that, and she is intrigued in, I think, starting on one, because we have to identify all these after effects and aspects, but then we have to kind of give some, Uh, real instruction on where to get resources, how do you do this, how do you address some of these things, because they're, as we said, a family issue, and they need help with their family, with their frustration, um, and all the things that they're feeling. Some of the gifts that they get, being able to see spirits or talk to them or Mm -hmm. healing gifts, uh, make it even more Um, uh, unreal for them, and sometimes they're afraid of that. And we have to address all these issues um, in a way that's uh, accessible in one place for them to get a lot of different resources.
0: Wow. And And I hope that we'll have that now. Yeah, where can we start? Because even... You know, myself or someone listening right now might not have the connection with the military, but we also are looking for answers ourselves, or we never know who's in our family and is in our community yeah. that might have experienced some of these things. So I think, uh, while your passion is, um, with veterans and okay. I will share this completely. Yeah. I, I do think this is a conversation for any human being. Oh. How do we get started? Yes. Do we start by going to the IAN's website? You mentioned yes. the documentary. Yes. How do we find the documentary? You go to
1: the IAN's website. IONS. We have dot fun- org, right? Uh, yeah, I-A, capital I-A-N-D-S dot org. And we have uh, lots and lots of experiences on there. There are articles on there. We have a lot of text and information. We also have a lot of information on YouTube and just search near-death experiences. I have a lot of lectures up there. Um, Other folks have lectured, so it's excellent. And uh, we can continue. Um, uh, We will be getting more and more information. And you can actually call IAN. Really? And they will, yes, if you have a problem or... If you want to talk to somebody specific, we have people that we can say, well, this person would be the best one to talk about that. And uh, I'm always available. Um, You have my contact information. You can put that out, and uh, people can certainly call me um, or email me, and we will address these things and help people. But IANS is the place to start. For resources. Mm-hmm. We have reading lists. And now there are lots of books and movies and documentaries out there about near-death experiences. And as I said, we're going to be working on um, some other things that would be helpful uh, to address some of these af- actor effects.
0: Wow. And for our listener, this is episode 213, 213. So if you go to we don't die and you click on episode two one three, that'll bring you to the show on YouTube. And if you look in the description section, I will have live links to IANS, uh the documentary, uh Saint Germain Foundation, Saint Germain Press, and the contact information too for um uh, for our guests. And so you know, this is this is good, good and necessary uh, conversation. And besides Tony being your po- poster boy for this, do you have any stories of? Um, you know, obviously don't have to give names of someone who's found you and has a, really been able to bloom um, by getting this information.
1: Yes, uh, I did have somebody actually walk into the office. Two stories there: a young man who actually had been in the military, had kind of a classic NDE, and had been diagnosed then as bipolar and was put on um, medication. Wow. And he and he was wandering around just confused and didn't know what was going on, and he said, I just tried to tell him about my experience. And uh, eventually we got a hold of him. We got him off the medication. But it's things like that because, and I understand it. Uh, A young man came to me early on in my career and said, Nobody understands me. I had an arm amputated. And during my near death experience, I saw God. I talked to God. They think I'm crazy. You know, I felt like I went through this tunnel and I saw all these people that I recognized. They were family and then i walked into this fabulous light that there is no no competition for and he said and i tried to share that with people and they absolutely thought i was crazy and so but we've come a long way from that now so we shouldn't be seeing as much of that anymore cuz people now are talking about it there's thousands of books Right. Um, if you, some of the books that are written by physicians, um, Dr. Mary Neal is an excellent book. Excellent. Um, Dying to Be Me with Anita Morjani mm-hmm. is a wonderful book because she was sick and totally recovered from multiple tumors. And there are signs of hope and understanding in many of these books. And we have lists and discussion on our website, there is really as much information as you could probably get, and I would always recommend that people come to one of our conferences, because it's like coming to a group of your family. There's no hesitation with anyone, and you'll hear some just amazing stories, just like yours, and then understand that you're okay. and and
0: that we have people to talk to. Anybody can go to an IANS meeting, or do you have to have a near-death experience? No, no, anybody can go to our
1: conferences. And we have groups all over the country. If you look on our website, we have 80-some groups around the country that meet about once a month. And people go and share their experience and talk to other people. It's a support system for them. And anybody can go. You don't have to have had. You might just mm-hmm. be interested in it. So anyone can go to that, and anyone can come to our conferences. About um, a bunch of people that come to conference are providers trying to learn more. Some are researchers and a lot of experiencers who want to share their story. So you will hear a great deal of that. And uh, we've added interesting enough, and they're universal. I mean, we have people from Hungary, from Iraq, from Iran, from England, from India, from Australia, all coming to our conferences to share and talk about NDEs in their country. So it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. Next year it'll be in Seattle over Labor Day weekend. And our office number, you can call our office number or go into org, and pretty soon you'll start to see information for next year's conference. As I said, it'll be over Labor Day in Seattle.
0: Hmm. I just went to the Afterlife Research and Education Symposium, which was in Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, this past September
2: 2017,
0: mm-hmm. and uh, many IAN's members were there, and there were probably about 550 people there uh, all together. But to get together with a group of so many like-minded people, cool people that I would like to have as best friends, <laughs> you know, all speaking the same language, that I can just imagine yeah. what it would be like uh Same kind of thing to go to an an ions conference because uh, many of us feel alone in our life. Like even me, I have tens of thousands of listeners, and people have read my book, and all people out in cyber world. But until I went to that symposium, you know, I hadn't met anybody face to face. I don't have anybody that I can go have lunch with that speaks this language. You mm-hmm. know, so I think the more we can connect in our own communities and have these friendships and meet somebody for a cup of coffee or whatever, um, it, it can only help enhance our life. And even to bring in like the St. Saint- Main foundation and the books and talk about the meaning of life and our soul's purpose and things like that. It can only enrich our experiences being human. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and,
2: and Sandra, and i like to make up, a
0: point. I'd like to, oh, forgive me. It's hard to hear. No, it's all right. This is what we do okay, when we dance, the three of us. <laughs> yeah,
2: this is Lilia. So I would like to make an offer to your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're needing assistance, um, they can contact me. Um, at longing for the light at outlook. com and the um, and four is the is the number four L- longing for the light at outlook.com I'd be happy to answer their questions. I'd be happy to send them a free copy of my story uh, of the ndes and STEs I've had and my experience with IONS and the St. Germain series. I'd be happy to answer their questions. And if they want to order books, they can go to the Saint com backslash books. And I'll give you that information, Sandra, for your
0: audience. Oh, thanks. Yeah, and I'll connect that episode 213, you know, on the YouTube page, just in the description, will be the live links to all of that. I am so excited to talk to the two of you and to hear your journeys and your passion and to be able to share. And the book that I'm listening to for the second time on audio tape is about the Wright brothers, uh, while it's on CD, in my car. And the chapter I'm on right now is just about how the world thought these two brothers were absolutely crazy. There was even a top guy in the U.S. Navy who said, air flight is impossible these two guys are crazy you know don't follow them don't believe them and and to see now here we are in 2017 and our world operates so much because we have air travel and it was because of these two guys who never gave up and got other people involved in the same dream the same message and i really think in the afterlife conversation, near death experiences, all of it, 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 there's going to be a tipping point. Uh, so when the airplane first flew, uh, and, you know, the word's going to really get out that this afterlife conversation, it's, you're not a crazy person talking about it. This, this is reality. And I'm really excited to be living in a time where I know that, that shift is going to happen. And so I think they'll just be, uh, you know, spread hopefully in a good way, like wildfire, that the military will be able to have these resources for everybody and it'll be taught in schools and we'll know how to prepare.
2: Yeah. And the well, ultimate, well, the, well, ultimate flight, the ultimate flight, the ultimate flight in life, the ultimate uh, flight in life is going into the light. And that's what all these near death experiences and transcendent experiences are all about. And programs like yours and organizations like Diane's are mm-hmm. so crucial to provide the education, validation, and support of the near-death experience. It's all about the light, and it's all about love.
0: Yeah, thank you.
1: We're working on a big initiative now to try to get this information out, and we would really love anybody that would like to support us in this initiative because we have to get the information to the experiencers and and. We survive on donations to do that. That's how um, we made the tape, and now we're going to be trying to put the whole program together and get out there. So appreciate any help
0: we could get with that. But, uh, and we can give by so going to so org. Yes. Okay, Yes. just to be clear on that.
1: And if it's for veterans, just write on the check, veterans. And it will go specifically to that project. Mm.
0: Well, thank you <laughs> both. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you, but our time just, is coming just to an end. <laughs> go ahead.
2: Um, I just wanted to say how valuable it has been for me in my own personal life to step up and offer my services to INs. And so if a person doesn't give a donation, maybe there's something you can offer IANS by a local support group. Um, uh, for
0: veterans in your area. Mm, and sometimes it's just sharing. You know, somebody had yes. said it mm-hmm. perfectly. It's not, like, it's about books. It doesn't matter how many books you sell. It's it's about having that book in the hands of the right person. So listening today could be someone who's got access to share with a whole bunch of people. And if it's something you feel drawn to do, you know, that might be your way of giving, is to share.
1: Yes, very much. And we appreciate everybody and INS is the home for all people who have these extraordinary experiences and I too you can share my information with anyone I'm happy to help any way I can.
0: Yeah and for our listener I want to also say I've had so many people write me that are fascinated by this show, but can we hear more about near-death experiences and on the ions website, there are I don't even know thousands of reports and people's personal stories of what they've experienced. there's quite a few um, and yes we have uh, several hundred
1: and that really really helps people um, you know, to read them and understand that, oh, my God, there's a lot of other people out mm-hmm. there just like me.
0: Right. So I may not be able to interview everybody, but to if this is something you're passionate about, go on to the org website and read some of the stories and... They'll give you chills. I mean, this is this is reality. This is what happens uh, when our body shuts down and what there is to look forward to and to embrace who you are now. So ladies, any closing words? Or did we cover it all? I mean, I know there's a lifetime of work here, but uh, anything else you're uh, drawn to say and then we'll wrap up the episode? I guess I'll make Just one last point.
2: Yeah,
1: people to know that they're not crazy and lots of different things happen that we don't understand, and um, we're here to help them understand it and be supportive and just provide a normal support system for all people.
0: Excellent. So I'll make one last comment.
2: I'll make one last comment. Everybody out there, no matter what your educational level is about the near-death experience, Just give a good listen to people's experiences. Pour love to them. Give them support. And lead them back to IONS. Uh, Tell them about the St. Germain series books. They can get their answers there. Just love. Just
0: love. Just love. I love it. Well, Diane and Lilia, thank you so much for being our guests here today. And thank you
2: for having us. Yeah.
0: Great. Yes, you're very welcome. Tony will be the first one listening, I'm sure, as he was like, <laughs> he's so adamant that I get you two together. He says, you'll know why when you talk to him. And I get it. I absolutely do. Uh, and for our listener, too, thank you for giving us an, your hour today. And many times, thank you for listening. It is interesting because you know our conversations are all over about so many different things and being in the military or not you can pull all of these conversations into you and your own life and really enriching your own life making a difference for others um sharing all so 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 important so i'm excited about what we just learned and to go check out the ions website watch the documentary the documentary is about uh near-death experiences and the veterans. Is that correct, Diane? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to um confirm that. Um also for our listener, remember this is episode two one three. You can simply go to we don't die radio dot com, click on episode two one three, and beneath the YouTube video in the description are the live links to so much of what we just talked about. Uh Diane speaking in London, the Saint Germain, um foundation and IANS and and so much more and also on we don't die radio uh if you join what i call the insiders club there's complimentary information for you. Uh, I say the first few chapters of my book, but it's actually the whole book because there's some really powerful words about grief and living life there. I have an audio called How to Survive Grief. I've got a report called The 19 Reasons to Believe in the Afterlife because you can believe. And as support goes, I offer our Facebook group. Simply type in We Don't Die Listeners and although people are might be in cyber world and not your next door neighbor, you'll find almost three thousand loving people that you can share whatever your experiences are and your hopes and your dreams uh, and we love you absolutely so in closing i want to say that my name is sandra champlain your host and i'm really grateful we have got to have this conversation today i do believe that our life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important I think it's so important to share I think it's so important to serve your fellow mankind and make a difference I don't think there's anything better we can do Uh, so take some time visit the ians.org website get involved any way you can to make a difference and thank you for listening and we'll see you soon